This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Ah, yes, we have flipped that calendar to March. We are ready for the month of mayhem, the month of upsets, and trying to figure out where the underdogs are going to succeed. Welcome in. Welcome to March. Thrilled to be with you. I am your somewhat capable host, T.J. Reeves. He is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. You rascal, you, are you ready for the barrage of basketball that's going to unfold for the next four weekends, essentially, as we watch everything march towards the final four in Phoenix, Arizona? How you doing? Good, good. It, it, it's a very exciting time. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, they always want to just look forward to just the NCAA tournament. And I think the conference tournaments are a lot of fun, um, especially, you know, the first few days when you're playing four games in a day in some of these conferences. I think that's the most fun of any of them. Like, I really get excited about the Big 12 championship or the ACC championship. When you get the quarterfinals and those semifinals, we have double headers or quadruple headers. That is really exciting. Those first few days of the conference tournament, I think, are very underrated. That Hey, at the time that we are talking and taping Three Dog Thursday, Northwestern appears to erase uh, one of the all-time stats right now in all of sports, specifically in college basketball, having never, ever, never, never once, not at all, been in the NCAA tournament dramatic last second length of the floor baseball pass for the layup at the buzzer win over Michigan yet another quality win for them it looks like Chris Collins the coach and his team for the first time are going to put on their best dress and go dancing here Kevin what's your thought on that crazy finish and and Northwestern appears to be in as we head towards the Big Ten tournament uh, it appears they're in good shape I gotta think they're in and I saw the end of that game on Wednesday in which they had the, the long path down the court. And I really, I thought for a second it was going to, that there was no way to get that shot off. And, and he obviously did, but uh, you know, for Northwestern, I mean, it, it is amazing that they've never been to the tournament before after all these years. And for Chris Collins, not to say that uh, he's trying to angle to get the Duke job, whenever coach K steps aside, but he's definitely helping his cause by getting a big 10 team into the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. And I got to think they're in because they have a pretty solid resume. I mean, you look at it, they had a loss to Indiana in the final seconds that they blew. They've had a couple losses where you say, you know, what happened there. But i got to think they're in. And, you know, just going back to what we talked about before, mid-majors versus major teams, that, you know, who should get in, who shouldn't. And it is just a hard argument. You know, go back to, like, Wichita State, that some of these teams, if you don't schedule, and I understand that big teams want to stay away from Wichita State, but if you don't schedule the big teams to face to help yourself out, the problem is you're not going to get help in your conference because, unfortunately, right. you don't have strong teams in your conference. Same with the Gonzaga. Obviously, Gonzaga, you know, they're in. But for them, you know, is it Gonzaga's fault that they have, you know, San Diego and Santa Clara and all these other schools that really aren't that good? Is it their fault? No. But at the same time, they know they have to make that up by playing good teams out of conference right. to get in because they don't have the same advantages as the ACC or the Big Ten or some of these other conferences. 
And for Wichita State, they did schedule. They played some tough games out of the conference, three or four of them. They didn't win any of them. That's That hurts them. Their biggest win is Illinois State in the conference, and Illinois State's biggest RPI win is over Wichita State. Those two teams split in the regular season, and we'll see if one of them grabs the automatic bid. Hey, real quick, back to Northwestern before we get to the underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Our show, by the way, is presented uh, by our friends at Game Point Capital, GamePointCapital.com. You'll hear more about them in a little bit as March unfolds. Uh, those guys are in the mix in terms of college athletics and paying out bonuses and uh, and being able to take care of schools and coaches with bonuses. So you'll hear more about Game Point Capital a little bit later on. Northwestern right now at the time we're talking, 46 in the RPI headed towards the weekend. Non-conference RPI, 36. Those numbers are important because if you're in the top 50, you're definitely on the radar. Strength of schedule, 64 for Northwestern. Number of wins in the top 50 of the RPI, four of them, including a big road win at Wisconsin for them late in the year. Uh, Also out of the conference, did beat Dayton on a neutral floor in Chicago. Beat Wake Forest, Kevin uh, Rogers, who's in the ACC, in in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, so they, you know, they, they played a strong schedule. They have won some significant games. That Michigan game was a top 50 RPI win for them. So I, I think Northwestern is in. They'll be one of the teams. Uh, it, the, the only danger is don't get blown out like in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. If that is the last impression you leave on the committee, they will be nervous for a few days. You would agree with me on that. Just make sure you, you can lose close, but don't get wiped out on the first day of the Big Ten tournament that you're playing. Because the committee may have a bad, it's a subjective process. They they may look at that in a bad light. Well, let me ask you this question: What's worse? Is it to get blown out in the first game by? And again, I don't know the seedings right now, but to you know, middle of the road team if it was like an Iowa right. or you know something like that, or do you lose a close game to Rutgers, who was terrible this year? Like, what looks worse? I don't disagree, and they don't they don't allegedly consider margin of victory uh, either. Whether you lose by one. Win by 30, it shouldn't matter. It's all up for deba- a debate, but again, it's a, it's a selective process that's, uh, that's ongoing, uh, that's undertaking. All right, so uh, here's our charge. Uh, we have to pick three underdogs, each of us, against the number, maybe even an outright win. Hey, we got to pat ourselves on the back right now, my friend. We, we've been publicizing this some this week. You and I are on a roll the last five weekends of picking underdogs, and uh, we, we hope that role continues now as we flip the calendar into March because we are 12-1, and one, you and I combined, picking underdogs, including last weekend where you had Clemson as the underdog with Florida State. They got the late cover at home with the Seminoles. I had UCLA for the outright win against Arizona. That brings us to 12-1, and one, Kevin Rogers. The last five Saturday Sundays picking weekend underdogs. I guess, I guess they might need to pay attention to some of what we're going to dissect here, especially when we get to the Saturday Sunday games. Yeah, and uh, you know it's been a great run that we've had, and you know it, it's just it's worked out. And sometimes you know you're just feeling it, and uh, you know you got a big board to pick from, and uh, you know even for me personally, last week with Clemson against Florida State, that Clemson had lost so many close games, I thought they were going to get over on Florida State, especially after they lost by like 46 points the last time they played, and uh, they ended up falling short but still covering. But, uh, no, it's been a really great run that we've been on together, and uh, 
you know, Saturday games. There's something about it. So, you know, we'll see this week if we can continue it. We will see if that is the case. All right, let's begin with Thursday here in the chronological order. Uh, I give you the buffet, first of all. And again, several of the conferences are beginning their conference tournament this weekend for the Power Six that includes the Big East, along with the ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12. The Power Six are finishing their regular seasons this weekend. Their conference tournaments are next week. So which way do you want to go first for an underdog Kevin Rogers on Three Dog Thursday? We're going to go with the Pac-12 and two teams that probably aren't going to the tournament, Stanford and Colorado. They meet up in Boulder. The last time these teams played in Palo Alto, Colorado beat Stanford pretty convincingly. They were up the whole game and, and they rolled uh, Stanford. But uh, you're looking at it now. Colorado, similarly to Oklahoma State in the Big 12, got to a horrible start in, in conference play and then picked it up. But for the Buffaloes, they've been off since last Thursday. They lost at home to Utah and you know, for Stanford, even though they've been really bad on the road in the, in the Pac-12, they only have one win. They played better of late in some of their road games. And, you know, they are in a bit of a transition season, Stanford. But I just look at Colorado, a team that's, I think, 2-6 and six now, the last eight against the spread as a home favorite. It's just a team you can't really trust laying points. You know, they caught a couple teams off guard. They had a good uh, home win over Oregon a little bit earlier in Pac-12 play. But I think this one where you know, Stanford's getting a few baskets, I think they keep it close if not win. All right, so that's a that's an interesting Pac-12 game. You and I, I think, are going to intersect with Pac-12 uh, selections. And, and again, in looking uh, right now, Stanford is 73 in the RPI, just 1-10 in, in in the uh, top 50 of the RPI. So they're on the outside looking in. They would be in the position to have to win the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas uh, to get in. Remember, Colorado very famously about four or five years ago won the four games in the four days, Kevin Rogers, with a losing record to play their way in in the Pac-12 and get the automatic bid. Those are two teams that are definitely in that category. Uh, I believe that you and I, from what I can tell here, may agree on the next one. I'm going to go Cal Golden Bears. I'm going to stay in your Pac-12. Cal at Utah on Thursday evening, a game that Cal desperately needs to help their resume. Again, they have only one top 50 RPI win, 1-7, in seven, but they are 52 right now in the RPI, having played a strong uh, out-of-conference schedule as well. This game in Salt Lake, uh, Cal had the narrow miss uh, in upsetting Oregon back a week ago. But down the stretch of the season here, they've had some losses to Arizona. They also lost to Stanford earlier uh, in the year, though. They got a win at USC. They also, out of the uh, conference, not as strong, but they, you know, they did play Princeton. They beat them in, uh, in Hawaii. They lost to Seton Hall in Hawaii. They also played Virginia out of the conference. They played a decent out-of-conference schedule, just not a lot of quality wins. I'll take Cal, though, a game they've got to have against Utah late in the year here for their at-large hopes. Uh, Ivan Rabb and uh, Charlie Moore, pretty good point guard. I'll take Cal against the running Utes in Salt Lake City on a Thursday night. Are you going to join me hand-in-hand like Thelma and Louise uh, going over the cliff in the automobile? What's the deal? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Cal. That they, uh, they had lost three straight before they beat Oregon State, which really isn't that much of an accomplishment, but uh, still got on track. And now, you know, this is a team that's in the underdog role against the Utah team that they beat in two overtimes at home in a pretty entertaining game uh, a few weeks ago in Berkeley. And I just think with Cal, you're getting some value here, you know, with them getting a few points. And, you know, it's just it's, it's going to be a pretty tight game, but I think that, that Cal at the end can come through 
through and uh, even pick up the victory over Utah. And we should uh, point out, too, for the Golden Bears that uh, right now, in terms of the line or the number, they are 6-1 and one by my count in the last seven games uh, against the spread. And in this case, an underdog here. They did cover as an underdog in that Oregon game. They were a four-point underdog, covered on the last second three-point loss uh, when Dylan Brooks hit the shot. So Cal, again, 6-1 and one down the stretch against the spread. You and I will agree with each other here and take them as an underdog on three-dog Thursday. All right, Kevin, stand by. We've got more underdogs to get to here in our next segment. Uh, again, we're rolling on the weekend. We'll talk more about that. Which way will I go, Kevin? Uh, looks like he's going to go back to the SEC. I'm going to go to the Big East for an underdog after we've been talking Pac-12. It's getting really good. It's Three Dog Thursday. It's the month of March, and we will continue. And let me tell you a little more about our presenting sponsor on Three Dog Thursday, Game Point Capital, GamePointCapital.com. Jack Woodbury, Bill Hall with Game Point Capital are waiting anxiously for the opportunity to be involved with anybody that is associated with college athletics and in particular bonuses who doesn't enjoy a good bonus that's what these guys do at game point capital if you are a fan a donor uh, we never know who's listing on three dog thursday through radioinfluence.com itunes stitcher if you're hearing this show these guys do a great job of capping the cost for big time schools paying out their college football and basketball coaches bonuses for winning the conference, for winning a bowl game, for winning the championship, winning NCAA tournament games. That's what they do at GamePoint Capital, GamePointCapital.com. Cost containment, aligning everybody's interest, and as they like to say, when is a bonus not a bonus? When you don't have to be the ones to pay it. They want to take care of it. They want to talk with you at GamePoint Capital and GamePointCapital.com. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Yeah, we are back in. It is the month of March. The March to Madness, the March to Final Four weekend in Phoenix, Arizona is coming as uh, all of the upsets the shockers i mean kevin you agree with me as we come back in and i call back in kevin rogers senior handicapper vegasinsider.com does a great job with all their information i'll let him tell you more about that uh, in a little bit we're going to see 10 games over the next three weekends this first weekend of conference tournaments the second weekend championship weekend with a barrage of conference tournaments and then the first weekend of mayhem of the NCAA tournament where there are some, what, 48 games that are played that first weekend. We're going to see about 10 games where you look at teams and say, how did that team win? How did a team with a losing record beat one of the top seeds in a conference tournament? How did a team that's a 15 seed beat a 2 seed or or a, a 14 beat a 3? That's what makes this time of year fantastic. I love embracing this. I mean, you look back at last year, Middle Tennessee State against Michigan State in that two fifteen game. Middle Tennessee State shot lights out. I mean, I, I mean that's just what it comes down to in the best of one scenario, which makes the the NCAA tournament so great as opposed to the NBA playoffs. Is NBA playoffs you can have one clunker and still come back the next day or, or, or five days later, like in the NBA, and you know win the next game. But here, 
you better be good that one day. And if you stink that one day, you could be out. And what I'm just wondering is, which we've all wondered for all these years, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but when is that 16 going to be to one? You know, that's like the last thing that we have not seen in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we've seen mid-majors go to the Final Four several times. Now, when are we going to see a 16 beat a 1? I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because they're just, they're just so head and shoulders above. But, you know, you look at the 215, is Middle Tennessee State really a 15? Right. No. I mean, they're in Conference USA, but no disrespect to the smaller conferences, but they're not in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference or the SWAC or the yeah. Southland or, you know, some really small conference. Like, they're still a decent, they're still a mid-major. I mean, mid there's, there's three tiers. There's your majors, your mid-majors, and your small majors. And that's what is a small major. Like we saw Northwestern State beat Iowa years ago. We, we've seen those upsets over the years. I'm just going to see a 16-beat a one, even though I don't think it'll happen anytime Well, soon. and remember a year ago that uh, Florida Gulf Coast, and we're both in the state of Florida here. A lot of people think that we're in the state of confusion, Kevin, although we've been picking some games right as of late. Florida Gulf Coast won the first four game in Dayton. They were a 16 seed. They played North Carolina, I believe, and they played North Carolina tough. In that game, I believe I have that right off the top of my head. Uh, that game was a close game in the second half. It's a 16 against a 1. So you're right. I mean, that's the one upset that we have not had, and you've seen so many. Norfolk State, remember a few years ago, was a 15, beat uh, Missouri. And I believe on that same weekend, that was Lehigh as a 15, beating a 2C Duke. We had two of them within 24 hours. Remember C.J. McCollum, the NBA star for Lehigh, taking down Duke. Uh, so uh, those upsets have happened, and it's part of what makes the tournament great and part of what makes the charm of the tournament great. want to remind you, Three Dog Thursday being brought to you by our friends at Game Point Capital. Check them out at GamePointCapital.com as we head towards March. And everything going on, all these coaches looking for bonuses for conference tournament win, for coach of the year, for NCAA tournament wins, for national coach of the year. The guys at Game Point Capital do a great job with the bonuses, and I love that slogan, when is a bonus, not a bonus, when you don't have to be the one to pay it. That's good stuff from our friends at GamePointCapital.com. Check them out there at that website. So, Kevin, we have each taken a Pac-12 underdog. In fact, you took two of them. You stuck with the Bay Area team, Stanford and Cal, on Thursday night. Stanford against Colorado, Cal at Utah. I agree with you about Cal Bears at Utah. Kind of a fringe Pac-12 team right now trying to get an at-large bid, potentially. Uh, As we mentioned, though, any of these teams has a chance to get on a roll and win the automatic bid in the conference tournament. So if Cal is one of those Pac-12 teams fighting to get in, we're going to both focus in on a couple of SEC teams as we head towards the final regular season weekend of play that are also in that same spot, looking to get in, need to get some wins to build their resume. Where do you want to begin on Three Dog Thursday for the weekend? Well, go to the SEC, like you mentioned, and the Georgia Bulldogs, who this season they've had a lot of close calls. They barely beat Auburn on Wednesday night. And if they had a couple things go their way, and you could say that about a lot of teams, they would get in. But Georgia's had a couple bad breaks, but they've lost to Kentucky late in overtime. They've lost to Florida in overtime. That They had that crazy finish at Texas A&M with a clock-in start. So a couple things go their way. Maybe they're in the tournament. Georgia is 9-1 and one against the spread as an underdog in SEC play. Wow, wow. And they're going to Arkansas on Saturday to face the Razorbacks who are coming off a loss at Florida a few nights ago. And Arkansas is a very good home team. We, we know that about them. But for Georgia, 
they, I don't want to say last gasp, you know, it's like we talked about in the first segment. If Georgia can win this game, maybe make a little run in the SEC tournament, does that help them get in? Do they squeeze in? You know, if they were to knock off a Florida or a Kentucky, would that get them in? I think that they still got a shot, and they're talented enough to definitely win at Arkansas. And, and it just proves the point with, with them being so good as an underdog that they've, you know, maybe they've come up short in the win column, but they find ways to cover and find ways to hang around in a lot of these games. And I think the same will happen against Arkansas. Well, and to your point, and again, we should distinguish this because the committee always talks about it. They don't care about losses and how close they were and margin of victory. It is considered a loss, whether you lost by one, lost in overtime, lost by 30. But here is something that uh, underlines your point. Their out-of-conference schedule, Georgia, is 18. Their strength of schedule overall is is 17. So that tells you they scheduled, and you look at the teams they played. They played at Clemson, true road game early in the year. Kansas on a neutral floor in Kansas City uh, early in the year. Played at Georgia Tech. Uh, it, it went on to play uh, a couple of other games. George Washington on the neutral floor. North Carolina Asheville uh, out of the conference at home is a pretty good team uh, in the top 70 of the RPI. So they went and scheduled people. And now they get this chance on the road at Arkansas. They're 51 in the RPI. If they win this game, if, as you're saying, they win, they're going to be in the top 50 of the RPI. That's going to be their second top 50 win. May very well put them in. We'll see. Maybe one more win in the SEC tournament against a quality team, somebody at the top like Kentucky, like Florida, like South Carolina, uh, may push them across the finish line here. So a strong RPI case uh, for Georgia in that matchup. At Arkansas, I will stick with the SEC and I will stick with the Vanderbilt Commodores, not unlike Georgia. Work to do. 49 in the RPI right now. They had Kentucky on the ropes early on in that game on, on uh, back on Tuesday night of this week. They were up 22 to 6, Kevin. I know you know this. In the first half, Kentucky only made two of their first 18 shots. And yet the Wildcats came roaring back on senior night, uh, eventually won the game and put it away. Vandy, though, some uh, some quality players, Riley Lachance and a couple of others uh, that are veteran players. Bryce Drew is the first-year head coach. Of course, he's got a famous NCAA tournament shot to win a game for Valparaiso. He's the former head coach as well at Valparaiso and has had them in the tournament uh, a couple of times. I just I like Vanderbilt in the rematch with Florida in this game. The Gators off a big win at home on senior night themselves against Arkansas. I will take Vandy on the weekend game against the Florida Gators to sweep Florida and enhance their resume as well. Give me Vanderbilt and the points uh, here in SEC play. So the Commodores, again, much like your Georgia Bulldog pick real quick, they're on the, they're on the bubble, they're on the verge, and, and wins are going to be important. This would be a huge one because Florida right now is three in the RPI, Kevin. To get that victory would be enormous, even if it is at home for Vandy. Yeah, and for, for Vanderbilt, they had got to a slow start this year, and I think that kind of put them behind the eight ball, but they played a lot better once they got to conference play. And like you mentioned, you know, came close to two losses to Kentucky. They beat Florida on the road, which was a quality win. And, you know, they, they've just been very competitive inside conference play. I, I know they had a loss at home to Arkansas where they were up big, and Arkansas came back and beat them. That, uh, they, they've been very competitive, and that could be a team that maybe you keep an eye on next week 
in the SEC yep. tournament that can maybe steal a game or two to help out their resume. And again, it, it looks as though, I mean, Kentucky and Florida are definitely in. Will the SEC get four teams? Is that South Carolina? Is that Arkansas? Is it Georgia? Is it Vanderbilt? Still to be decided here that will that probably will get three. Will the SEC get a fourth team? We will find out. All right, one more underdog here on Three Dog Thursday. That belongs to me. And again, on the weekends, the last five weeks, we are 12-1 and combined, Kevin and me. So Kevin going Georgia, I'm going Vanderbilt, and I'm also going to go with the Seton Hall Pirates. (laughs) Seton Hall playing at Butler on uh, Saturday afternoon. Butler, uh, one of the better teams in college basketball, 10 in the RPI. Uh, Butler right now firmly in the two seed for the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Seton Hall, 48 in the RPI. And I like this matchup just because Butler may be looking ahead. Seton Hall needs the game more. Uh, uh, Kadeen Carrington and Seton Hall uh, have to have a quality win. they got nine conference wins right now. Big East may have five teams get in, but right now Seton Hall, Providence, Marquette, Xavier kind of battling for one of those five spots. Kevin, I'm going to go with the Hall uh, for this matchup at Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse to get a late season win here on Three Dog Thursday. They need it, and I think they they will keep it close, if not pull the shocker uh, in, in this in this Big East matchup. I'm going Seton Hall at the very end here. Yeah, I mean, I could see Seton Hall hanging. I mean, they've been very competitive this season. Like you mentioned, they won the Big East tournament last year. They had Isaiah Whitehead on that team, who's now in the NBA. But that was a team that you know that made a run in over a few days span last year. And I think that you know, right now with them being on the road, getting some points. I, I mean, I, I always say I hate taking desperate teams, but more so, I hate taking desperate favorites. And obviously, they're not a favorite in this spot. But uh, yeah, I can see Seton Hall. They, they've been uh, you know extremely competitive and. Why not, you know, at this point where Butler, you know, Butler still has a very good home court advantage. They've beaten Villanova a few times this year, but now you get them as a favorite, you know, it could be a close game. Late season wins for Seton Hall for what it's worth against Providence at home, against Creighton at home, also beat Xavier at home. They need a quality road win, and I think the Hall will get that. So that'll be my third and final uh, underdog. So, again, uh, Kevin, here we go. Final regular season weekend for the Power Six. A lot of the mid-major conferences and smaller conference tournaments are getting underway this weekend. And they can find out much more all throughout March on College Hoops and everything else at VegasInsider.com. Tell the fans more about it real quick. Absolutely. That uh, conference tournament's getting underway. we got the big boys playing next week. You can catch all of our tournament coverage on VegasInsider.com. And once we hit... March Madness, mm. uh, that selection Sunday, then you can see all the matchups, all the history, and all that good stuff. VegasInsider.com, and also check us out on Twitter at SquidBI. Okay, and again, for the fans here this weekend, and again, if you're listening to the show after Thursday, you already know what happened with these games, but on Thursday night at the time, Kevin and I are talking, we each like the Cal Golden Bears at Utah. Huge, huge game for Cal, and they're at-large hopes playing at Salt Lake. Kevin and I both taking them uh, as the underdog. You also took Stanford on a Thursday night with Colorado, and so uh, two pack 12 underdogs for Kevin. Then on the weekend... Kevin and I both go SEC underdogs. I take Vanderbilt at home with Florida. Kevin taking Georgia at Arkansas, both Vandy and Georgia needing those games. And I will take Seton Hall as a road doggy as well in the Big East against Butler. 
So those will be our predictions for this week. A uh, a reminder: you can check out uh, much more about this show. You can uh, you're obviously hearing it one of three ways right now on RadioInfluence.com. You can also find the show if you haven't already on iTunes or Stitcher. Rate this show on iTunes and Stitcher. Give it a review. Let other fans know about how you like this show with the underdogs. Spread the word. We're hot right now, Kevin Rogers, picking underdogs late in the year here on the weekend games. Twelve and one over the last five weekends. Pressure's on, my friend, real quick, for us to come through with Georgia and Vandy and Seton Hall, right? Hey, in my, in my business, the pressure's always on. That's so true. It's, uh, it's just our record looks better this week. You uh, you definitely respond to it, that's for sure. Listen, enjoy the games. You can follow him at VI Rogers on Twitter. Follow this show at 3 Dog Thursday on Twitter. We'll be, Twitter will be tweeting out the results of all these different games and how we're doing, and we're heading to the conference tournaments. This time next week, we're talking conference tournaments and heading to the NCAA tournament exclusively. Kevin, have a great weekend. Enjoy the college hoops. Thank you for the time here, sir. All right, you got it. Thank you, TJ. There is Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. I'm TJ Reeves. It's Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on the only national digital radio show devoted to underdogs. It's Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is an MMA Insider's Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I don't think many people would argue that this is likely the the toughest anti-doping policy in sports, but as I always note, Dave, it's easy to be the toughest when it's not collectively bargained. Yeah, I mean, this is is something that the the fighters have had to sort of get to grips with over the last couple of years, is, is this has been sort of thrown on them. And it's, it's been a sort of t- tough, tough deal for them. Um, I mean, the other way of looking at it is if you want to be a professional sportsman, this is part of it. It is. It's definitely a part of it. But the thing and my issue with the program from the start was the fact of, you know, the fighters did not have any say in it. I, I can't tell you how many fighters have told me either in interviews or privately of, you know, why are these guys knocking on my door at 6 a.m.? And then I go to my gym at 10 a.m. and they're there. You know, and and that's and I remember it was what a couple months ago when Jake Ellenberger basically uh, had his gun in hand when someone was was banging on the door at six a.m. and it happened to be a USADA representative. I mean, that's you know, I think USADA has done a great job of cleaning up the sport, but I also think that some of their tactics, I just I just question so much. Yeah, I mean, in 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 some ways, the the current generation of athletes are paying the price for what the athletes in the last twenty years have done. I mean, it is invasive. I mean, we're, we're, we're not just talking about being woken up at six o'clock. We're, we're, we're talking about having to provide a urine sample in front of somebody. And it's not just provide a urine sample in front of somebody. It's take your trousers down below your knees. You have to lift your shirt above your chest. You have to hold yourself in such a way that USADA representative can see that your fingers aren't interfering with the stream of urine. I mean, it's... It's fairly gynecological what what the athletes are having to go through, um, but unfortunately they're paying the price for we could say the last ten or twenty years, but we could say the last hundred years of sport where people have been doping and and effectively cheating for the last hundred years, and I mean the, the the ones who get sort of not punished, but the ones who have to go through the most inconvenience through this now are the are the clean athletes who have to go sort of through this process of very personal, intimate situations with somebody they barely know. So, yeah, I mean, I've got 
huge amount of sympathies for the fighters and what, what they've had to go through over the last 18 months. The MMA Insiders can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.